Thank you for joining us today and a big thank you to our show sponsor, Amazing Jane Activewear, recommended as best leggings for running by Women's Fitness Magazine. Karen and I have been trialing their designs for a few months and we can happily recommend them. All designs are cut to skim, not cling, giving you confidence to look and feel great and focus on performance. So if you'd like to try Amazing Jane Activewear, please use our listeners special discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases at amazingjane.com. Amazing Jane ship around the world, so please check their website for details. Karen and Aileen are looking at macronutrients today, so that's carbohydrates, proteins and fats, and how you can use them in your food plan to help you run longer and faster. Hello and welcome to She Runs, Eats, Performs, the podcast for female runners of all abilities. Please join Karen Campbell and Aileen Smith, nutritionists, friends and runners, who are here to help you translate sports nutritional science into easy to apply tips and plans, helping you enjoy peak running performance. And especially adding in the female factors every woman needs to know to be a healthy runner. Welcome. Thank you so much for joining Karen and I today. I'm Aileen and Karen is my partner in crime and she's down in London and I'm up here in Newcastle. Uh, For those of you that don't know us, um, Karen and I have known each other for many years. Uh, We met at Nutrition College um, and we've become lifelong friends and and we've discovered we both have a love of running. And that's how this all came about. So hi, Karen. How are you this morning? Hi, Aileen. I'm really good. Thank you. I'm sitting by the window and I'm looking out at the sunshine and um, just thinking that once we've finished um, this episode, I might go out and have a run while the sun's still shining, as as I believe that rain is due. But at the moment, um, it's looking good out there. Oh, that's lovely. That's what I'm planning to do too, except we don't have any sunshine at the moment. So oh. maybe when we get to the end of our um, episode today, the sun will come out for me. Yes, hopefully. Good. So today we're going to be talking about macronutrients and their importance for, for running performance. So Karen, let's get started with just you know the easy stuff. What is a macronutrient and how do they support our performance? Yes, well, probably most people would be aware that when we speak about macronutrients, we're speaking about the carbohydrates, the proteins and the fats, which are the key energy source um, nutrients. And when we're thinking about them in relation to their importance for performance, they've all got lots of functions and some of them are intermingled, some of them are separate depending on which macronutrient we're speaking about. But just clumping them all together, then, like I've just said, they're they're all good energy sources, good for muscle protein synthesis, also really important for helping to prevent injury for runners. And also, um, as well as being an energy source, they're also important for helping us become fuel efficient. So being able to utilize these macronutrients efficiently to support our performance. Optimal recovery, and we're always looking for optimal recovery so that we can go into the next running session 
um, feeling refreshed and energized. Uh, also for immune support in many different ways, but, but also for everyday good health, as Aileen, you and I are always speaking about and is, is about having that optimal everyday good health, which will ultimately then support enhanced performance. And that's really the key um, importance of the carbohydrates and the proteins and fats is to give us that enhanced performance. Yeah, I think it's really um, key to remember that macronutrients aren't just about energy and they are, you know, they have other health benefits too. We get a bit fixated about energy and fuel sometimes. Um, and it's also good to remember that they're all equally important in different ways. So just thinking about keeping that in mind, Karen, can we maybe start off talking about carbohydrates to begin with? Absolutely. Um, so with carbohydrates, I think as runners, we focus on carbohydrate intake and it's probably the thing that we're most aware of. And, and we know it's a limiting factor in sports performance. But could you just give us a few more insights into why that's the case? Yeah, sure. So, um yeah, so we were speaking earlier about the, the macronutrients being uh, important as an energy source, and carbohydrate is that principal energy source, but we have limited storage capacity for it. And in its storage form, it's called glycogen. And because of that limited storage capacities, that's why it then becomes a limiting factor. So I think it's really interesting information to know that we can store a hundred grams of glycogen in the liver. So that's equivalent to about 400 calories and 400 grams of um, glycogen in muscle, which is the equivalent of 1,600 calories. So when you think of an endurance runner, that's not an awful lot, really. That's just 2,000 calories. So, And that's why it's really important to be considering carbohydrates at, at every point of, um, of your running, pre, during and post. Great. So can we delve into some of the other benefits that carbohydrate have, um, particularly thinking about us as runners? Yeah, sure. So... So yes, as well as being our energy source, it's also really, it's digested and absorbed really quickly. So more quickly and more efficiently than protein and fat. So we can utilize it as we've spoken about. We can utilize protein and fat as, as energy, but it's the carbohydrates that's going to get to where we want them to be most quickly. And that's what we want, especially when we're running long distances. It's also the principal fuel for the brain. So if we have prolonged fasting or a lot of exercises, for exercising followed by an overnight fast, um, it can lead to some cognitive symptoms and these symptoms can include dizziness and headaches. So for some people, it might it, it, it's got the same symptoms as maybe a, a nutrient depletion. It is a nutrient depletion, so you're depleted of carbohydrates. But these are also symptoms of other um, vitamin and mineral deficiencies. So it's really important to be working out what is the cause of dizziness and headaches. But just to let people know that it could be the carbohydrates they're just not taking on enough for the for the exercise that they're doing. It's also really important for optimal recovery. And I think this is especially important for people doing really endurance uh, runs every day or most days, or people who are maybe uh, completing exercise twice in a day. So maybe doing a morning session 
having some hours off and then doing another session in the afternoon or the evening. So that optimal recovery and where carbohydrate fits into that is really key. Because if, if recovery isn't optimal, you, then you can have the spiraling effect uh, leading to poor training quality, increased risk of injury, which will ultimately reduce performance. And that's not what we want. And also, I think another interesting point here is that carbohydrate is really important for blunting that stress response. So the stress response is, is triggered in exercise, again, especially that endurance, that long, long time exercise. And what happens there is that there's an increase in the cortisol secretion. So that stress hormone, which is known to depress the immune system. And when our immune systems are, are suppressed, then there's an increased risk of infection. And a lot of runners are, are, are known to uh, be susceptible to upper respiratory tract infections. So, and, the, and all of this is going to have an impact on, on performance. So it's really important mm -hmm. that, um, to realize that the effects are proportionate to the exercise intensity and the blood glucose levels. And I think regarding infection um, and, and, the, and the immune system, really important that especially at the moment, we, we sort of think about what we need to keep our immune systems in optimal condition. Yeah, yeah, it's really uh, key. And when Karen says at the moment, if you're listening to this um, episode uh, at some point in the future, uh, at the moment, we're in the middle of the coronavirus. So our immune systems are something that's probably never been taught as much about mm. as just now. Um, I think the other thing that's really, um, really useful for people just to think about is when you're eating carbohydrates, you're thinking about fueling your um, training and any additional exercising you're doing. But also you've got to think about all the other body systems that are, are needing carbohydrate. And, you know, you talk there about the stress response and about just general activity and energy expenditure too. So um, it's really important that we think of carbohydrate as important to manage our training and our recovery, but also helping balance um, our stress response um, through our blood sugar management. So, yeah, it's um, there's more to carbohydrate than meets the eye, isn't there, Karen? Absolutely. Um, and is there anything that you think would be particularly important for women runners to know about with regards to carbohydrate? Yeah, I think regarding women runners, um, the key point to get across here would be the importance of adequate intake for the running and training that they're performing. So again, it's going to be different for, for different women, um, depending on how much training they're doing per day, how much training they're doing per week, and also what their goal is. Is it just a 10K or is it a half marathon or is it marathon and, and beyond? Um, and also for women, there are, there are two different sort of, um, conditions spoken about when energy intake is suboptimal that can lead to a reduction in performance as well as many other physiological and psychological effects. And the two of them are, um, the, um, FAT. So that's female athlete tri triad. 
which many people might have heard about. And then there's a, a newer concept called REDS, which is relative energy De deficit in sport. And it's, it's, it's the, the REDS has come about because, um, they found that these, these, uh, physiological and psychological effects seem to still be prominent, most prominent in women, but men can suffer for the, from them as well, especially in particular sports and jockeys stand out. There's a lot of uh, research into jockeys and because their, their, um, sport is very weight specific, there can be a lot of um, disordered eating red s come come into that male that male psyche um mm -hmm. but like i say it is still more significant in women women at the moment yeah so can you that's it's really interesting to hear about this karen and i think a lot of women will um maybe not identify because they might not have even thought about it before. So could you give us a little bit more insight into this concept of red S? Yeah. So, so red S is defined and I'm going to read this because it's quite specific actually It's defined as a syndrome resulting from relative energy deficiency that affects many aspects of physiological function. And they speak about physiological function here, but it is, it does affect um, the psychology of an individual as well. And it's thought to result from an inadequate energy intake compared to the energy expenditure of exercise. So they're just not taking on in, in enough energy um, to, to fuel the amount of exercising they're doing, as well as just daily living as well, because clearly as we are living daily, we're using, we're using energy. So that is the, the sort of the, the definition of REDS. Yeah, and I suppose as as your um, endurance running increases, if you're doing more runs, longer distances, you do have to adjust your um, food intake. You know, and we often forget to do that, don't we? Absolutely, and I think that's one of the one of the areas that um, that that is important because I think people do forget there's this forgetting, but there's also about this weight control. And a lot of people get into this, this trap mm -hmm. of, of really sort of looking at the weight, trying to be as light as they can be, um, which being light for an endurance runner is important, but at the same time, you still need to be really healthy. Yeah, absolutely. You can't just run on the same amount of food every single day. And I think also taking into account that daily living, our daily living is different from day to day as well, yes. isn't it, Karen? You know, so we, we have more activities. Um, you know, you might expend more energy just because you're doing more. And also the other element that I often find with clients that they don't take into account is um, mental energy feeling yes. as well. So, you know, if people are doing a lot of really intensive work um, from a mental capacity point of view, um, they they need something to fuel that, so it's really really important. Absolutely. And can you can you um, explain a little bit more about this new concept with regards to the impact on sports performance? Yeah. So so regarding um, red S so or relative energy deficiency in sport, it can affect performance in many ways, and one of the key areas is to do with um, hormonal disruption.
And uh, and again, that links back to the stress response that we were speaking about earlier as well. And it can lead to other aspects such as the suppression of estrogen and progesterone, which again, when we're looking at fertility and the female runner, it, ca- it can potentially have a large impact on that. And also menstrual dysfunction, which again can can then lead into um the the fertility side of it as well and and that menstrual dysfunction clearly links in to the suppression of the estrogen and the progesterone, so a lot of it is quite interlinked, but also there's an increased risk of stress fracture. And again, that links back into the hormones. So as we can see, that hormone balance is really, really important for for runners, and and especially here as as um, a female runner. So um, because estrogen is really involved in um, bone health, uh, this this can have a huge impact on um, on stress fractures and, and lead to stress fractures, but also reduce me- uh, basal metabolic rate, and that's due to this reduction of um, the the thyroid hormone T three production, again linked back to the stress response and and the effect on the thyroid gland of that. Um, because clearly, if we're not taking in, as well as the running itself, um, having an impact on the stress response, if we're not taking in enough fuel, that's going to lead to a stress response as well in the body. So all these things are, are inter, interlinked and also compromised muscle function. Because the body, uh, the, the body needs protein, and it's found that if we take in on less than thirty kilograms calories per kilogram of um of of protein um it's known to reduce muscle synthesis so muscle production so as we can see it's really really important to be taking in sufficient fuels and and like we've spoken about it uh, before it's the compromised immune function and that again leading to that increased risk of infection inflammation and also injury so those would be the key areas. So as you can see, there's a lot there and a lot of it mm. is all inter, intermingled in um, sort of, um, yeah, they all interlink. Yeah. So the headline message really here is um, it's key that you eat to your energy requirements and particularly your carbohydrate requirements. And if you do under eat or um, not just under eat in a, a calorie con context but under eat from a macronutrient context that that's going to have an impact on your energy on your performance but also all of these underlying health conditions which you might not have um joined the dots upon you know so if Mm. you've got sexual dysfunction or maybe you're concerned about um you know fertility issues and even women going into the menopause all of these kind of issues can be supported just by eating the right balance of macronutrients. Um, so that's that's a really great insight into the, the carbohydrate aspect. But can we have a look at protein now, Karen? Yes, absolutely. Um, so we we tend to um, associate high protein intake with strength training. Um, so why is protein important for runners? 
Yeah, so you're absolutely right, Aileen. So muscle protein um, synthesis is um, the principal purpose of protein in sport and will and will support the ultimate goal of enhanced sports performance. And that goes for any sport, certainly to different degrees. But but muscle protein synthesis is, import, is important for a runner, the same as it is important for a, a, a strength train, a training athlete. But clearly, it's going to be more important in 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 that for the gym money than it is for the for the runner because the runner needs the the muscle protein and it needs strong muscle. But at the same time, a runner needs to be lean. So there are different reasons. So they both need the protein, but for for different reasons. And um, and it's interesting that forty percent of the body's concentration of protein is in the muscles. Wow, that's a high percentage, isn't it? Mm. So, so can you just highlight the relevance of this for runners? Yeah, so principally for runners, it's all about the sort of the muscle repair because uh, as we're running and especially the longer distances we're running, we could get micro tears in our, in our muscle and um, other potential muscle injuries uh, and, and, and runners are constantly complaining of injury and muscle injury and muscle strain and things so that's a real issue but also it's important for muscle remodeling so well, yeah can you just explain what remodeling is because again that's a sort of a technical term isn't it yes it, it is you're right Aileen so so muscle remodeling it's it's the process of building and breaking down muscle and the effort to sort of remove and replace any damaged proteins with new proteins so um so it's that sort of and it's a quite a dynamic process of the building and the breaking down and the replacing of old with new to support yeah. um to support the repair and recovery of muscle yeah that's that's a really good way of explaining it and i mean that's a concept that the whole body uses really because we're constantly remodeling we don't think about it but we actually are breaking down and building up in every single sense but for runners obviously the muscle remodeling is is really important yeah absolutely and just to finish off your original question alien on um how is protein intake relevant to runners as well as sort of the muscle repair and the remodeling it's also for increasing mitochondria so um some people may know that that our mitochondria and our cells are our energy powerhouses so this is really important for our runners and that helps to increase that oxidative capacity. So the amount of oxygen we have to power and to keep us running for longer. And um it's one of the adaptations that goes on in the body as we become fitter and fitter. We build up more and more mitochondria in our cells, which then um helps power us for longer, gives us the energy to continue for going longer. And protein is really important in that process. And as we've spoken about before, it's really important for that optimal recovery. And that includes part of that recovery is, is about um is about the muscle repair. And, um, and that all is compa combined with carbohydrates. So to, to really achieve optimal recovery, you need to be looking at the carbohydrate and the protein intake and the proportions of those two post, post training, post, um, races, et cetera. 
So, oh, and also, yeah, sorry, Aileen, just to finish off there, it is actually an energy source as well. We can use protein as an energy source. So for, for people going back to sort of the, the FAT and the red S that we've been speaking about, if people are not taking on enough fuel, uh, to, to uh, enough energy to fuel their exercise, then the body will start to break down muscle to to get to the protein to fuel the to fuel the everyday um activities as well as their exercise activities so that's why that's a, that's why it's really but another reason why carbohydrate is so important to help prevent the 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 use of of protein for energy therefore the breakdown of muscle right and it's probably just worthwhile mentioning that using protein for energy is quite a laborious process for the body so it's not instant and that's another reason why using carbohydrate um, for that instant fuel is, is key isn't it yes absolutely okay so just to have a little recap on the protein so the, the three things that we've highlighted there are um, proteins important for this repair and remodeling um, of muscle particularly after endurance runs um, it's really key in energy production. Um, and you mentioned the mitochondria there. And also um, thinking about post-recovery. Um, so thinking about what you eat after training. So um, a good protein carbohydrate-based snack will help that whole process. And uh, so moving on from that, Karen, we always like to bring in the, the female factors. So what should... Um, female runners be thinking about um, protein intake? Yes, well, it's interesting because um, it, it is thought that females may have a, a lower reliance on protein as a fuel source due to the protective effects of oestrogen. So, so it's, it's thought that oestrogen can really help spare Protein, so a bit like carbohydrates help spare protein. Estrogen is thought to to be able to do that as well, and because of that, it's thought that um, a female's protein requirements may be lower. And that is, I think, generally known that women don't need to take on as much protein as as men maybe do. Um, but but we we must remember that this clearly would change after menopause because women aren't going to have the same amount of of estrogen to support that protein protection. So as we get older, then more protein is going to be required. I don't know the numbers. It could be that it then goes up to the same amount as males, but I, I don't know the figures for that, Aileen. Okay, so, so the key message there is that because uh, women tend to have higher oestrogen levels, certainly up until the sort of menopausal age stage, um, that's the reason that protein intake may be lower for women than it is for men. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's what we're thinking about there. So thinking about how much protein, uh, what are the recommendations for the protein intake uh, for women, uh, for runners? For runners. Yes, because it's interesting you say runners because the, the uh, rather than women specific, because the guidelines um, are for in sport are more generic. So it's looking at men and women, but clearly there will be differences within that. Um, and it's often debated. And so recommendations could change in time. But as it stands, it's thought that, um, that 
protein intake at 1.2 to 1.4 grams per kilogram of body weight per day is what is um, required. Now, clearly women tend to weigh slightly less than the men do, relatively speaking. Therefore, naturally, their intake is going to be lower anyway, because this is sort of calculating it by weight. And, and this is, this is an overall, this is much higher for, uh, athletes, um, because for non-athletes, so everyday people who don't exercise, it's, it's, um, thought that 0.8 grams per kilogram of body weight per day is going to be sufficient, uh, in protein intake. So, but, but just kind of reiterating, because I think it's really important that, that it would, both gen within genders, between genders and within genders, it would need to be really personalised. So we need to take into account their fitness levels and also their body composition, but how much exercise they're doing a day. You know, we've been speaking about some people that maybe do two exercise sessions a day or maybe do an endurance run most days per week. So their needs are going to be different, um, different depending on um within gender but between genders and I think it it is kind of it's a guideline really because you could have a really fit um female and and and, and a, a man who isn't so fit so the female's going to need more protein than than the male's going to need so you know these are guidelines but there's a lot of nuances within that yeah so the message always says you, you do have to interpret the guidelines and personalize them to your particular situation and your exercise plan. Yeah. Um, that's going to be really important. So we've talked about carbohydrate. We've talked about protein. So the third macronutrient is fat. Um, so what are the guidelines regarding fat intake for runners, Karen? Yeah. So, well, the American College of Sports Medicine, which is the, the, the body that comes out with quite a lot of the, the sort of recommendations that a lot of practitioners work by. And they recommend that fat should be a, a percentage of 20 to 35 percent of energy intake for athletes. And this is thought to be similar to guidelines for the general public. So basically, it's more or less the same whether you're an athlete or whether you're sedentary. The fat intake um, should be is, is is thought to be quite similar. Clearly, if weight loss is something that somebody is looking at, whether it's somebody who isn't an athlete or or a runner or any other athlete, then that would need to be taken into consideration. And also research is, is showing that consuming less than 20 percent. So lots of people tend to think I need to go on a on a low fat, lower fat diet to, to, just to support my performance. But it has been found that consuming less than 20% of energy as fat doesn't have any impact on perform performance. It hasn't been shown to support performance. So it's about what is right for, for that individual and what their goals are. So, um, and and it is inter it is important to note that lightweight with low subcutaneous fat is important for a distance runner because clearly as you're sort of putting in the, the the miles and you're getting to the end of an endurance run you want to feel light to be able to continue through those difficult 
difficult stages at the end. So, so just keeping subcutaneous fat. So that's the fat under the skin as, as low as, as, as possible, as is healthily possible, um, would be important. So you might want to look at reducing the fat intake to around 20%, but not any lower. Okay. So and when we're talking about, you know, this 20% of energy intake, energy intake, we're talking about um, the amount of food, the amount of calories that you take in in a day, aren't we? Exactly. The- exactly. Okay. So we're speaking about it as the fat intake. Mm-hmm. Okay. So does that, um, you know, we've talked about fat as a, a total macronutrient, um, but as we know, there's lots of different kinds of fats. So does that um, include all types of fat or are there specific fats that we should be looking at? It's uh, a really good question, Aileen, because no, it's not all types of fats. We're looking specifically here at the essential fats. So that's the omega-3 and the omega-6 fats, which probably most people will have heard of. So we're looking at, at those two and finding them in the likes of fish, nuts and seeds, and their oils and coconut oil, things like that. Um, but I am also speaking about saturated fats as well. And I think people tend to shy away from saturated fats and try and avoid them. But the body does need a certain amount of saturated fats, not a high amount. So, so it's, it's thought that, so say we were looking at 30% intake of overall fats, so the, a mixture of the essential fats and the saturated fats. It is thought that about 10% of that being the saturated fats and reserving the other 20% as the essential fats. And this is, this is really important, um, for vitamin D synthesis and hormone production. And as we've seen, as we've been speaking through this, Aileen, that hormone production, hormone balance is really, really key, um, for both female and male runners, um, but, but specifically female runners, um, to ensure, uh, a benefit to performance. So it's, it's really important for hormone production and for vitamin D synthesis. But the sort of fats that we're not speaking about are the likes of the processed fats, the hydrogenated fats and trans fats that you'll find in the cakes, the pastries, the fried foods, the processed foods. And these are seen to be really inflammatory, release these sort of what are known as free radicals. So, these um harmful um molecules free molecules that can that can harm the body cells so so there is there is good fats and bad fats is is an easy term to 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 look at it so um that's what i would i would suggest it's about minimizing the amount of processed and hydrogenated fats and optimizing the omega-3 and 6, whilst also ensuring that some saturated fats are taking or, taken on on a daily basis too. Good. That's a really uh, great way of highlighting that, Karen. So it's uh, the healthy fats uh, in moderation and totally minimizing the, uh, the processed fats mm. as far as we can. Um, so looking at it from a perspective of a runner, um, how do fats help a runner? Okay, yeah. So, so fats are, are seen to be really important for speeding up metabolism. And, um, that's, that's clearly really important for, for a runner, for energy. 
and maintenance of energy, but also can help for, for somebody who is trying to lose weight as well. If you can really support um, speeding up the metabolism, that will, will help support weight loss as well. It's also really good at modulating inflammation, so helping to reduce inflammation. And our omega-3 fats are really important here. So the oily fish for people who aren't vegetarian, that would be really key um, to, to really sort of help reduce the inflammation. Also very good at protecting um, against cell damage. So I was speaking earlier about these free radicals. So in the fats are really um, helpful in sort of protecting our cells, our cells against that. Again, it is an energy source. And um, for, for runners, um, Fats are important because if if we can learn to use them efficiently, then it can help preserve the carbohydrates or the stored glycogen um, for later in an endurance run. So if we can be become really efficient at utilizing fat as fuel, then we can preserve the glycogen for when we really need it and we're getting to sort of sort of um say, for, well, it'll vary for different people, but about mile 21, 22 of a marathon, that's when we're going to have to really sort of go into our glycogen stores and use them. But up until then, for for a lot of people, if we, if we become um, efficient at using fat, that will help to keep us going. But also it's important um, in muscle repair as well, the same as carbohydrates and protein. But also, actually, Aileen, um, before we move on from that, sort of just thinking that sort of how it can support uh, performance, but also fats really have a lot of, in fact, all the, all the nutrients that we've spoken about today are really, have got other benefits as well, just in every day, some of which you've alluded to as well, Aileen, as we've been speaking. But but looking at fats itself, um, it's it's re they're really important for the absor absorption of the fat-soluble vitamins. So that's vitamins A, D and E. So again, we need them for that. And like we've spoken about for that hormone production, which is really important, both in men and women, but very key for women. Yeah, there's so many things to think about, isn't there? Mm. And I, I know that many people are getting more educated about fats and um, mm -hmm. more willing to to eat them. But there are there are still people out there who shy away from eating fats. So it's important to get the right ones in and to you know think about all the good things it can do for you, and then that might make it an easier decision to include them in in your food plan. Um, so yeah, brilliant, Karen. Thank you for that. So there's there's so many uh, things to think about. Um, we're sort of coming towards the end of the episode. So just really to sum up, um, the overriding message is that we do need all three macronutrients to support good health, and um, it's important that we we take them in in the right sort of um, proportions and ratios, and that will really support energy and, and running. Performance. So it's all about adjusting and personalizing uh, your food plan to to suit your running goals and training plans, but also thinking about how they underpin your personal health. Uh, so, Karen, uh, thank you once again. Lots of great information. And um, as we always do at this point of the episode, can I just ask you to summarize the key takeaways 
uh, from today. Yeah, sure, Aileen. So as you've just said, um, they're all very key and all three macronutrients are a source of energy. So just to remember that, um, but carbohydrates is the most easily digestible and ready available source of energy. So the body taps into carbohydrates for immediate requirement. So really sort of thinking about your carbohydrates as your principal um principal energy source during your training runs and your races. And just remember, we have limited storage storage for carbohydrate, and that's why we need to manage the top-ups of this during longer endurance runs. Protein consumption is mostly about muscle building and repair and recovery, so really supporting strength and power and energy production and sort of thinking of it from a mitochondria point of view for a for a runner and then finally fat from a running perspective stored fat can be used as an alternative energy source for glycogen and as i've just been saying endurance athletes can become very efficient at utilizing fat for energy therefore sparing the stored glycogen so those would be my takeaways from this saline thanks karen great takeaways and thanks for another great conversation Well, this brings us to the end of another episode of She Runs, Eats, Performs, brought to you by Runners Health Hub, helping female runners to be fitter, faster and stronger. We really hope you've enjoyed listening and you'll join us again soon. In the meantime, we'd be so grateful if you check us out on iTunes and leave a review. And once again, thanks for listening and do let us know if there are any topics you'd like us to cover in future episodes. Bye for now. We'd like to introduce you to our show sponsor, Amazing Jane Activewear for Women's Changing Bodies, recommended as best leggings for running by Women's Fitness Magazine. We think they have everything a female runner needs. First of all, they are high compression to support your legs and bum. They have a deep waistband so they stay up and they don't move about when you run. There's a handy left pocket for your phone and a zip pocket on the waistband, which is great for your cards or a key. They also have a hidden tracker pocket for storing a GPS tracking device, and this is a unique safety feature. All Amazing Jane designs, including tanks and tops, are cut to skim, not cling, giving you confidence to look and feel great and focus on performance. Karen and I have been trialing wearing their range for a few months, and we can happily recommend them. So if you'd like to try Amazing Jane Activewear, please use our listeners' special discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases at amazingjane.com. Amazing Jane ship around the world, so please check their website for details. Thanks again to Amazing Jane Activewear for being our show sponsor and for sharing discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases. Mm -hmm.